All right, good morning, High Desert Works Center. How is everybody on a beautiful winter Sunday morning? Who's enjoying the drop in temperature like I am? Come on. Mixed reaction, but we are a winter church, and uh, praise God, we'll keep that around as long as we can. Um, all right, well, uh, let's go over a few things. we got a, a power-packed service today, got a lot going on. And uh, well, I've got really good news about the HVAC that I'm going to give in just a minute. But we want to remind you of a few of our health guidelines. Of course, we ask that you have a mask on if you're moving around the building. If you're going to be in your seat, then that's fine. You know, you're in your own little personal space there. You can take it off. Uh, of course, no hugging or any of that stuff right now. Even though we love to hug, we're going to wait on that. Now, uh, if you have any sim uh, symptoms of sickness, stay home and watch from home. And uh, I always say this, though, but if you are staying home, make sure you actually are watching, right? And you're not uh, just putting it on and doing the dishes in the other room. You need to actually watch because it is not the time in world history to be a weak Christian. You need to be a strong Christian in 2021. Amen. Who's with me on that? Praise God. Well, well, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Can I have everybody stand up together? Stand up for just a minute. We, um, I'm going to have Joel go ahead and put the Confession for America on the screen. We want to start speaking some positive words over the United States also, right? Amen. Who thinks America could use just a little bit more Jesus right now? I think America could use a lot more Jesus right now. And America better 
get a lot more Jesus right now because it's not headed the right direction at the moment. So anyway, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to speak. Just This is our first time doing this, so you know we'll get the rhythm of it as we do this a little bit more. But we're going to speak these words of faith and healing over the United States together. And uh, we want to believe this because we're going to see God do a great work here. But amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that she will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade every home, church and school and every town city and state of this great nation the united states of america in jesus name amen let's give the lord a shout of praise hallelujah you can be seated this morning you can be seated all right who would like some really great news on the ark project who's in i mean are you in the mood for good news today well you came to the right place because that's all we've got we don't have any bad news around here Listen, uh, go ahead and put that on the screen. So as you know, we started off needing $30,000 to get three brand new HVAC units for the building. We did start off with, I forget, $13,500. So uh, where, where we're at now is we have raised a total of $27,532.39. Amen. So... What we currently need is only $2,467.61. Very good. Put the next slide up there for me, Joel. And um, let's see. The next next slide. Okay. And so uh, we do have uh, $680 in pledged money. Once that comes in, we only need $1,000. Say $1,000. $787.61. Let's give the Lord some praise today, man. That's incredible. In two weeks, uh, you know, uh, not a giant church. Uh, uh, this church, High Desert Word Center right here in little old Barstow, California, $30,000 to prepare the ark to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in the end times. It's incredible. And we're this close. So if, if, if you know, you've been praying about what to do, this is a great time. Let's just knock this last little bit out and get this over with so we can make that phone call and get these new units replaced and put on there and ready to go. So if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving and you would put it in the building and maintenance fund. But anyway, I'm excited and we are this close and I'm not going to be afraid of July anymore. I don't, you know, I don't have to be afraid anymore because I can go to church and stay cool. Amen. Pastor, Pastor Dave shouldn't have been afraid anyway, because God hasn't given him a spirit of fear, but uh, you know, that's, you should, someone should have nailed me on that. Somebody should have drilled me. All right, here comes dad. Let's see. He's going to help us out with this. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Let, let's knock this thing out today. So that water bath so they can order it. My, my wife, I was going to another $500. Will anybody matches to help us knock this out? Amen. Anybody hook up with us? Austin, another 500. There's a 1,000 knocked out. Anybody, anybody else, anything you can commit to today to help us get this thing behind us? They can order it. Dave, how much? That's 1,500 right there. That's a, 287 more dollars. Can anybody hook up with anything to help knock it out? Anthony's got 100. 
Sonia? Two Sonias. Hundred eighty seven. That's the we got it knocked out, so everybody keep keep your word of what we did. Pastor Dave can order the materials, get this project going. Amen. Well there it is. That's it. That's the entire thirty thousand dollars right there. So Praise God. Uh, you know, if you made a pledge or commitment, just, try, you know, as soon as possible, try to get that in. But we will make the phone call and we will get three brand new units on. Let's give the Lord some praise again, man. That is awesome. 15 years waiting on this thing. Thank you, everybody. And I know a lot of people have sacrificed. And it's, you know, surprised me how much some people have really uh, committed to put in. But you guys are the absolute best. We got it. All right. I'm going to let Miss Katie finish up. We got, actually, we got a lot going on over the next little bit. So she's going to fill you in on the rest of the announcements real quick. There is no church family like this anyplace else. Just so you know that, there is no church family like this anywhere else. I love you people so much. So, so much. Okay, so things coming up. This coming Wednesday, Reverend Ray Bench will be with us. Yeah, that's a really big deal because we just love Reverend Ray. But in addition to that, it's our first guest speaker in over like nine months or something. It's been a really long time since we've had someone else. And you know, there's the five-fold ministry and it's important for us to definitely have pastors and teachers, but it's also important to bring in other people to help fulfill that fivefold. So we're getting all the benefits of the word of God. So don't miss it this Wednesday at seven o'clock, this Wednesday in here at seven o'clock. Also, we're doing baptisms. We're doing baptisms. I feel like I need to do a Z snap for that. We're doing baptisms. So Sunday, February 7th, We've got baptisms. There is a sign-up sheet at the info booth if you would like to participate in that. There is already eight people signed up, which I think is amazing, like really, really cool. Um, also, for those of you who have signed up or are interested, that Sunday morning at 9.30, there will be a baptism class. It's really important for us to make sure that you know what you're doing and the importance of what you're doing and what the Word says about what you're doing. So if you miss that class, you don't get baptized. So Sunday morning, 930, what that really means to you is you'll be here at nine. You'll be here at nine because we know how we know how that goes. So you'll be here at nine. We'll make sure that you have all your stuff together. And at 930, we'll make sure you're really clear on what you're about to do. And then we as a church family are going to really celebrate that with you. So if you want to sign up, make sure you get that done today. And make sure that you get it on your calendar that you'll be here early that Sunday. The next thing we have coming are Sunday nights. Sunday nights. So I'm super excited about that. We have definitely missed those. Um, but we're not going back to the family night that we were doing. Although that was fun, it didn't meet the needs of everyone. And it made the kids still be all with us parents all the time. So it wasn't as good for them word-wise. So here's what we're doing. Sunday nights are going to be a normal service for the adults. We're going to have nursery like normal, and we're going to use that as our night for children's ministry. So children's church will be in Victory Hall like it was on Sunday mornings. Yes, it's really, really good. So I'm glad that you're going to get a Sunday night service, and that's important. But the reason that we're adding Sunday nights is for those kids. 
at this church, these kids matter. And they go out and they do change the world. They change their classrooms. They change those Zoom meetings. They change the world. So I need your help. And I'm not asking. I'm telling. So I'm being real nice about it. But here's what I need. I need nursery workers like that. And I don't need you to say, oh, well, I'm busy, or oh, well, that's really hard. I need you to say yes. And I need children's church workers. But here's the difference. Here's what's going on. So we want enough workers that we can put you on a two-month rotation. So it's not every month, and it's not services back-to-back. Right now, I have nursery workers who are working a Sunday and a Wednesday every single month, and sometimes more than that. So what I'm not going to do is take those six people and ask them to do Sunday morning, Sunday night, and a Wednesday night every other week. That's hard. And I don't want to do that to you. But we all have kids or we all have grandkids. And we know that they need this. So I need for you to pick something. For Children's Church, we're not having you teach a whole lesson. We're having you be with a group while someone else teaches a lesson. And then you're going to play a game with them, and you're going to be relational to them. You're going to say, how was your week? What's going on in your life that I can pray with you about? And I know that everyone in this room does that for kids. The, the important thing, too, is that we understand that relationships with us help disciple them. So I need you to live what you're living and obey the Bible. And I need you to say yes to ministering to our kids. We've had a few parents say yes, but I need us all to say yes. So we're going to ask this again on Wednesday. Um, what I also need you to know is you have to pass a background check. So today what we're going to do is I want to know if you can say yes. And if you say yes, Desiree is going to hand you a helps application. This asks you some questions about what you're able to do, and what kind of lifestyle you're living. Because if you're living in sin, I'm not letting you talk to my kids. You know, it's just the way it is. So I need you to live right in front of them and right when they see you in the grocery store. So if you can say yes, you can minister in nursery or children's. I want you to raise your hand right now. Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay. Okay, I'm going fast. Who else we got behind me? Okay, Robert, are you raising your hand? Okay. Okay, I think we're, I think that's great. Okay, thank you very, very, very much. I really appreciate you and love you. Okay, I got all your names, I think. So I, th I think we're really good. That's really, really great. Um, another fun thing, there's just tons of stuff going on right now. Another fun thing going on is we were approached um, by another individual in town who really loves the Lord and has been doing a lot of things to do outreach in town. And he was wanting to bring in the band Seventh Day Slumber, and he wanted to use our building. And we normally would be like, oh, cool. However, putting 500 people in this building right now probably isn't the wisest decision. So what they're doing is they're going to use the drive-in. So they're going to do a seventh-day slumber concert at the drive-in on February 16th. It is, uh, and Chuck, 
Trucks Ministry is involved with that as well, Kingdom of Heaven Ministries. So that's really awesome. Um, they do need some help in different ways. They need ushers and like a parking lot crew. Um, they're also looking for a little bit of help in getting the band a hotel room. So if you're interested in being involved with that in any way, uh, please do stop us after service, let us know, and we'll make sure to get you connected as well. Um, and the concert will be first come, first serve, and you're staying in your car socially distanced. So if you are interested in going at the drive-in, you'll want to be there early. We'll have flyers coming for that. Very good. All right. Well, it is what, uh, about 13 hours. We just did a lot of work in 13 minutes. Have you ever seen that? Raised $30,000, recruited nursery workers, gave a bunch of announcements, and invited you to a concert. That's an awesome, awesome testimony. You know, I was, Katie was saying, you know, th yeah, there's no other church like this. I was, uh, uh, Cletus greeted us in the parking lot, and uh, he likes to trash talk the kids. I know, a grown man trash talking kids. What's up with that? But. But I said, uh, hey, what other church offers free heckling right in the parking lot? As soon as you pull in, we will heckle you from the car, make you feel good at church, and then we, I'm gonna, I don't know, give you a little kick on the way out the door, man. There's no place like this. So praise God for that. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? It's happy time. All right. Praise God. Uh, it's, we're going to take up our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will give you one out of that beautifully sanitized bucket they're carrying. And again, if you're giving online, you can do that at hcwc.org slash giving. We're going to open our Bibles this morning to 3 John, 3 John and verse 2. I share this verse a lot over the offering because there's a lot of misconceptions about finances and the Bible. I'll be in the King James on this, 3 John and verse 2. But a lot of misconceptions because even, I mean, I've just even heard people talking about lately, I, I don't know why God sent this on me, and I don't know why the good Lord saw fit to, you know, hit my finances, take my job, and, and if you don't know where the attacks are coming from in your life, there's no way you're going to win. You need to realize that God is on your side. Now, it's a good thing to be on His side. You need to keep that in mind because there's a lot of, well, if God's on my side, why is this going on? You better be on His side too. But third John in verse 2, it says, Beloved. Who's the beloved? Man, I'm a beloved. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. The Word of God tells us right there that not only does God want you to prosper, not only does God want you to be healthy, but He says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and that you would be in health. And that knocks out a couple of lies from the devil right there. People thinking that God made him sick. People thinking that God made him poor. God doesn't do those things. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to be in health. But he wants it to be in equal see to how your soul is prospering. So you can't be all dirty on the inside, be all sick on the inside, and expect that God's going to just prosper you everywhere on the outside. You've got to get healthy on the inside first. But listen here, God wants you to prosper. God wants you to be in health. And until you get that revelation in your heart, you're going to be wondering where the attacks are coming from. God is not attacking you, friend. God is on your side. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Amen. So you need to get a hold of that right now. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and speak some words of faith over our tithes and offerings. Can we stand up together as we do this today?
You may be thinking, well, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of sitting down and standing up. Am I at the, what, what church is it? Well, I don't know, man. It's good for you. It's good you get that exercise, right? Loosen up those legs. All right. We're going to speak some words of faith, and we're going to have a dynamite time of praise and worship. Who's ready to praise God today, man? I am ready to praise the Lord. I am ready to worship God. I'm ready to see God do what he wants to do today. But let's speak some words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
Break every chain, oh God, you have to 
From the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. Great is your faithfulness to One more time. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful, <laughs> that he didn't let that, he didn't let go of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. And we can say this with all honesty, without any contradiction whatsoever. Great is your faithfulness, God. You have never let us down. You have never let us go. You have been there every step of the way. We love you, Jesus. We don't deserve it, but we love you so much, Father. We love you. You know, there's a lot of discouragement in this world right now. There's a lot of fear in this world right now. There's a lot of uncertainty in this world right now. And if the children of God aren't cautious themselves, they can let some of that get onto them. They can start to wonder what's going to happen. I'm thinking about the prophet Jeremiah. He wrote the book of Lamentations, and there was a lot of really bad things happening to the people of God at that time. Jeremiah, he would get discouraged. In fact, he cried a lot. He was called the weeping prophet, but I love Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 21. There's all sorts of bad stuff going on, but in verse 21 he said, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercy begins new each morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. And so people wonder, like, well, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you scared? What's going on with you? You don't see what's going on. I say, man, I don't care what's going on. I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. But 2020 didn't get rid of the faithful love of the Lord. 2021 didn't get rid of the faithful love of the Lord. His mercies begin new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Let's say that together. Great is his faithfulness. One more time. Great is his faithfulness. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. You are faithful, and we will never lose hope. We will never lose faith because our eyes are on you. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise this morning? Hallelujah. God is good to us. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord singing praises to God, man? You get you just you can't manufacture this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. I don't care what's going on out there in the world all week long when you come into god's house man we get all the nasty just washed away don't we and we're in the presence of god and uh man there there's just money can't buy that you can't make that up it's the presence and the anointing of god and i was just telling people the other day man 2021 in inside of the church right here the i feel like the anointing has just been kicked up a notch man every single Sunday, I go home and I'm shaking. I'm like, man, that was good. I want to do it again. And and that's just the anointing of God all over us. Does anybody remember what our theme verse for 2021 is? 
Isaiah 50 and verse 7. All right. I, I'm not going to hurt. That, that hurt me in the heart part there a little bit. What's the theme verse for, for 2021? That's Isaiah 50 and verse 7. And so let's go ahead and uh, throw this up on the screen here. Today is going to be part four of our series uh, for two th- starting off the year. It's called Like Stone. And uh, this is part four. But the theme verse is this, Isaiah 50 verse 7. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. I know that I will not be put to shame, and I say it every week, I am not going to regret serving Jesus. There's no way. There's no way. If I die tomorrow, no regrets, man. I'm giving Jesus 110% of everything that I have, and that's, I mean, he deserves so much more, but we're giving him everything that we have. And so everything that we've talked about the previous few weeks here comes down to determination. Determination that no matter what goes on around us, no matter what goes on in this world, we are setting our face like stone, determined to do His will. Now, I've got a question for you. Have you ever actually given any thought about if you're following God's will for your life? I mean, some people think about that. Some people don't think about that. And, well, you know, I would think about it if I was, you know, had a calling on my life. Or you do have a calling on your life, first of all. So let's just get that straight right here. But then the next thing I want to say is this, is do do you ever actually stop and think and ask God, is what I'm doing with my life right now what you actually planned for my life? Or am I just out there? Kind of, you know, I, I, I serve you, I know you, I love you, but I don't know if I'm actually doing what God called me to do, what God created me to do. Have you ever thought about that question? Because a central part of this verse is this, is that I'm determined to do His will. His will. And I just made the decision a long time ago, if I'm not going to do the will of God for my life, I don't even want to be here. I would much rather just be on up in heaven right now, away from all this mess. But God has a call on my life, and he has a call on your life. And the question is, are you doing his will for your life, or are you just doing, you know, well, I'm trying to live the American dream, man. I'm trying to make as much money as I possibly can trying to raise my kids to be decent citizens, trying to, you know, do my part to help control the the carbon emissions, and that's about all you can do right there, isn't it? Man, there's a lot more you can do. You can do all of those wonderful, nice things I just mentioned, but listen to me right now. Are you doing His will for your life? You know, I've been involved in a lot of funerals in my life. I was just thinking about this the other day. I grew up a pastor's kid, so I and I attended a lot of funerals. My my kids were talking to uh, some friends at school, and they're like, well, we've never been to a funeral before. And, and I meet sometimes adults that have never actually been to a funeral before. And I've been to a lot of funerals. My dad did them as a child. I grew up, and I've done a lot of funerals, being on call for the uh, local uh, mortuary and all that, and, and now hosting a lot here at the church. But you can't go to hundreds of funerals and not think to yourself, man, I wonder what they're going to say about me when it's my turn. What, what are they gonna, 
you know, if that thought doesn't even cross your mind, I don't know. But you can't have buried hundreds of people, and, 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 you, and I hear people, you know, uh, you know, talking about their loved one and sharing different things. And my, my favorite is, uh, you know, man, someone lived a long life. I've done a couple funerals for people that were married 60, 65 years. And I'm like, dude, that's what I'm talking about right there. Can you imagine, being married, that's our goal. Katie and I get married in 19. Our goal from the beginning is like, man, we want to hit like a 70-year anniversary, 75-year anniversary. And I, I want that. And, and, and I love it when I hear that. But, but really, what are people going to say about you when it's your turn? Because, you know, there's a great chance that the rapture will happen and we'll just get pulled out of this whole thing before it's all over with. And I'm, I would love that. But like it or not, you're born and then someday you die. Those two things, they happen, right? And, and uh, we're promised a long life if we'll obey the word of God and do things his way. We have those promises. So, I'm, you know, I'm believing for a long life. Uh, but even if I live 120 years, that's just a drop in the bucket to all eternity. I mean, that's nothing. And so with all of that being said, it is massively important to me that I'm not just wandering around down here in Barstow for the next, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. I want to do the will of God for my life. I, 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 can't, I, I can't do anything else. And so I'm trying to shoot as straight and honest with you as I can according to Scripture and according to what the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart for the next season of life. And so that's why we're using this theme verse for this year. But I'm challenging you today to examine your life in light of, am I doing His will for my life, or am I just, you know, trying to live the American dream and do what I got to do to take care of me and my four no more? What is it that you're doing down here? And so, anyway, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into the Word of God here, and I, I want you to pay attention today and hear what God's saying. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. We thank you that it's true, God, and that we can rely on everything that you say. And Lord, I know that you're challenging us uh, this season, Lord, to step up to a higher level with you. And I pray that everybody here today will listen to what the word of God is saying. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. And so regarding, thank you, son, thank you, <laughs> uh, regarding doing the will of God for your life, number one is this, you need to know that there will be challenges. There will be challenges because a lot of people, they think, well, man, if I was really in the will of God right now, nothing bad would be happening. I, I mean, if I was in the will of God right now, everybody would like me. Everybody would love me. Everybody would affirm me and, and tell me how good I'm doing. And really the fact of the matter is this, that, that oftentimes when you're in the will of God, people aren't always very nice to you. In fact, it generally ticks people off if you're doing what God told you to do instead of doing what they told you to do or what they want you to do. If you'll go God's way instead of their way, generally speaking, it makes people not so happy with you. And following God's plan for your life will definitely bring blessings. There's no doubt about it. Following God's plan will definitely bring blessings, and it's always for your good to do His will and plan for your life. But his way is not always the easy way. You need to understand that. Too many people get this mixed up, and we've been conditioned in our day and age to take the path of least resistance. 
Well, I was going to go to that job, but they said I got to wear a tie. They're, they're giving me a hard time, so I'm just going to go this way. Or, or I was going to do this over here, and, and then these guys, they didn't seem like they, like they supported it. So, and, and people quit. And let's just get super real right now. There are a lot of very weak and sensitive people in the world around us that they are so sensitive that if you don't you know, constantly tell them how awesome they're doing and how wonderful they are and that they are always right, I mean, they're liable to just have a meltdown, to blow up on you, to, I don't know, I mean, do all sorts of crazy things, and that is not how a mature Christian acts. I will follow God and preach what he told me to preach, and if none of you like it, then I guess you won't come back no more, and we'll just, you know, do it that way, whatever. But I can't base the will of God, and what I'm going to do with my life on how you treat me. I am determined to do his will. And until you're determined to do his will, your face will not be set as stone. That's a cute thing to say, and it's a, you know, and it's a, a inspirational deal, but until you're determined to do his will and you realize, wait, this wasn't about me anyway, this was about God, you're going to be a quitter. And last week, God forbid, some people become cowards. Because Revelation 21 told us that cowards don't get to go to heaven. And I mean, that's just a, that's a hard statement to look at. But you need to know that when you do the will of God, you will receive resistance from the devil and from people that you upset in the process. You will receive some pushback and some resistance. But how do you get stronger? By pushing back against resistance. Right? I mean, we know faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's how faith comes. But you can exercise your faith and you can make your faith a whole lot stronger when you push back against the resistance. When you're working out, how do your muscles get stronger? When you push back and overcome the resistance of the weight that is set against you, it's hard. You got to push for it. You got to stretch yourself. But after a while, once you overcome that, muscle begins to develop and a strong christian is somebody that didn't just have everything easily handed to them there's somebody that overcame some things and pushed back when the devil came to push at you you pushed back and said no in the name of jesus i resist you you push back when sickness comes well, I know, man, the doctor said this, though. You say, no, the doctor may have said this, but the word of God says that he sent his word and healed them of all their disease and delivered them from their iniquities. You need to push back against the powers that are coming against you. And you will make some people upset in the process. But we're talking about there will be challenges to doing his will. You know, I was thinking about my parents. They face more challenges and resistance than pretty much anybody that I know regarding doing the will of God. And sometimes it's kind of easy, you know, when it seems like things are success that, man, that must have been nice. That, that must have, wow, uh, they must have had it easy. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the people that have been, and, and you it's a sad thing to say, but uh, when you're in ministry, you get betrayed sometimes, and it hurts real bad. When you've given your whole life for somebody and laid everything down and, 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 and did everything to pull them up out of the ditch and get them on their feet, and then in the end, they, they, uh, they betray you. That's happened, and I've got stories to tell that I refuse to tell because I've buried them and forgiven and move on. But listen to me, especially when I was a child in Indiana, 
uh, they've been betrayed and stabbed in the back, but they didn't say, well, I guess we're going to quit now. We'll go find something else to do. No, they were determined to do the will of God, whether it made people mad or not. They've had, they've given up houses to follow Jesus. I mean, I could go into that. We sold our house to make sure that the church could go, not in California, but in Indiana. They've given up jobs to preach instead. Now, I realize you see a few super rich preachers on TV, but uh, it's not typically known as, you know, a job you get into to make a bunch of money, right? And thank God that I work for God, not people, and so God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory, man. I'm doing great. We're fabulous, blessed, and and, and, and all this wonderful stuff, but, uh, but you know, I, we were talking to some guy the other night, and, and, and he's like, man, why don't you guys go do this? You can make a lot more money. Brother, listen, my goal in life isn't to make money. It's to make disciples for Jesus Christ and get people to heaven. If I was trying to make a bunch of money, yeah, there's a whole bunch of jobs I'd go do and make a whole lot more money than what I make. But that's not my goal. My goal is to get people to heaven. Amen. And praise God. There's a, you know, God needs you to, you know, be blessed to make money. So I'm not against all that. But what I'm saying is. You'll receive some resistance. Well, how do you know that? Because I've seen it firsthand my entire life. Just like Paul said last week in 2 Corinthians 12, I've received trouble from people that claim to be believers, but they're really not. And they came against me, and they were the ones that tried to bring me down. But listen, great is his faithfulness. And none of those things that I just mentioned have stopped my parents or my family, and I'm not bragging on, on my parents, but you just need to see a real-life example. And because they didn't quit, I'm preaching right now, but High Desert Word Center's doors are open in the middle of the global pandemic, and people are getting saved. We're baptizing people. We're ma- we've got marriages lined up for this year, so go, you know, doing weddings, amen. And so good stuff going on because they didn't quit. A face set as stone. Let's look at Acts chapter 20. Can we look over to Acts chapter 20, please? Can you do that with me? Amen. Who's having a good time today? This has just been a productive morning so far. Like I said, you know, finished off raising $30,000. We recruited children's church workers. We, uh, man, we've planned a concert. We got, we got all sorts of stuff going on here. And a great time of praise and worship. Wasn't that good? Man, that was good. We are definitely blessed. Acts chapter 20, we're going to look at verses 22 through 24, because you can hardly talk about determination and doing the will of God without talking about the Apostle Paul. This man went through a lot. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 through 24, and so uh, here he is, he's talking to a group of believers, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to set sail, head out to the next stop, but he says this, Acts 20 and verse 22 And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. And that's kind of like us right now. Man, I don't know what's going to happen next. But he said this, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. How would you like that? I mean, that's like, hey, Paul, uh, just so you know that you're getting ready to go to a bunch of places. City after city, jail and suffering lie ahead of you. Be blessed. Have a good day. You know, we'll talk to you later. I mean... Who wants, who wants to hear that? But that's what the Holy Spirit told him. But look at all this. Look at this. Verse 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. 
Now, you need to know that verse right there. That is, a, that is one of my absolute favorite verses. He's like, listen, I'm aware that this isn't going to be the easy road. I'm aware that the fair is where you go and ride rides and eat cotton candy. But I'm not looking for fair right now. I'm looking to do the will of God. And he said, man, even if they kill me, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it to finish the will and the plan of God to tell others about Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't even want to live anyway if I can't do that. And we wonder why God used Paul in the way that he used Paul. He was fully aware that trouble lay ahead. But he went anyway, and yeah, he got arrested. Yeah, he took some beatings. Yeah, some rough stuff happened to him. But he never, ever quit. And I'm so glad he didn't quit because I've got a whole lot, two-thirds of my New Testament that I can read right now in 2021 because Paul did not quit when it got tough. Now look at your life. What if? You don't do the will of God for your life. What if, I don't know what the call of God is on your life. You know, I mean, you've got to figure that out. You've got to know that. But what if you don't do the will of God for your life? What is the next generation? What is the next round of people that, that, that needed what you had? What are they going to do if you don't do your part and fulfill your call? And I'm telling you right now that there is a call. But you are going to have to be determined to do it because it's not just going to happen. You're going to receive resistance. You're going to receive people that are angry at you. You're going to receive the devil that's mad at you. But you're going to have to be determined with your face set as stone to do the will of God. Now, I'm wondering, what if more Christians had Paul's attitude that he had right here of, well, my life's worth nothing to me anyway unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. You know what? I believe if there was a whole bunch of Christians like Paul that we wouldn't be here right now, we'd already be in heaven. Because it tells us that, I mean, Jesus is going to come back when every nation, when every people group gets a chance to hear the gospel message preached to them that, hey, the, he's ready. He's going to come back and get us out of here. And I don't know exactly how many people groups, tribes, and, 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 and natives and all these different places haven't heard the gospel yet. But I would say if there's more Christians like Paul, they would have just gone over there and preached it themselves and got the gospel out there. And we'd probably already be sitting up there in heaven with Jesus in our mansion right now. We need to be determined to do the will of God. And so you have some tough choices to make these days. Is obeying God more important than your own comfort and desires? I mean, you know, it got, it got quiet there for a second. But listen, is obeying God more important to you than your own comfort and desires? Would you rather die a billionaire or would you rather die having completed the work that God assigned you to do? Would you rather teach your kids how to follow God or how to follow the money, how to follow the money? I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I am superbly grateful that my parents taught me how to follow God. And I can say that with all, you know, all assurance. 
uh, that my parents, they, there's a lot of things that I, you know, maybe didn't learn growing up. I heard some, I don't know, I think you're a fool, but some people, yeah, my dad, he taught me how to fight. He taught me how to blah, blah, blah. And all I hear is, I'm a moron, I'm a moron, I'm a moron. But anyway, that's, up, anyway, that's, that's me. You talk, but anyway, I just think that's stupid when people say dumb stuff like that. My dad didn't teach me how to fight. And, and thank God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. But what my dad did teach me how to do is when things get tough, I can tell you how to hear the voice of God's son. I can tell you which verses specifically to turn to every day of your life. I can tell you how to speak the right words over your life. I can tell you how to raise children, how to keep a marriage together, and how to keep other people's marriages together. I can show you those things. And he didn't teach me, well, here's how you want to invest. Here's how you want to. And no, that's fine. That's good. You, you, you got to do that. But my parents taught me how to hear the voice of God and follow the will of God, whether it's easy or whether it's not, and how to not be a quitter. And I am so thankful right now. I am so thankful that when things have gotten tough the last couple of years, that I already knew how to not quit, how to stick together, and how to turn to God. So what I'm trying to say is, just trying to be completely transparent and honest, that there can be some big challenges ahead of Christians and the entire world in the coming days. But how determined are you to do the will of God? Will you still follow Jesus even if it makes, means that people make fun of you? Will you still follow Jesus even if you're threatened? Will you still follow Jesus even if your own government tells you that you have to do it their way and on their terms? I'm, hey, I don't care. You, tell me, you can't tell me how to pray, how to sing, that I can't sing. I will worship Jesus how the Bible tells me to, no matter what it, any other outside source tells me to do. But things are getting real. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my thing is this, is that I try to be an encourager and I try to be nothing but positive, And that's just, that's my personality. I already told you that we had to watch The Sound of Music a few weeks ago. And, and the opening scene where Julie Andrews is skipping through the fields, my wife looks at me and says, oh my gosh, that's you. That is sick. Like, that's pretty much, that's my life a lot of the time. I, you know, I, that's just my person. I'm usually very happy and positive, and she imagines me, like, skipping through fields of daisies with rain. And I'm like, I, I, mean, I don't know. That's just, I, 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 love, I love Jesus and all that stuff. But we can't lie and say that it's going to always be easy to follow Jesus because it's not always going to be easy. In fact, Jesus said, count the cost. He said, you're going to have to take up your own cross and follow me. He said that, 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 that the way to destruction, the road to hell, is easy. It's a broad way. The, the broad is the way that leads to destruction, and narrow is the way that leads to life. It's difficult, and few there be that ever find it. But I don't care how difficult it is. I'm going to heaven, and I'm not turning back on Jesus. I am not going to take the easy way out. I have determined with my face that is stone to do the will of God, no matter what anybody else thinks or anybody else wants for my life. And so part of the issue in the world today is this, and here I'm just, I don't know, this, I'm just going to throw it out there. The American church has failed the last couple of decades. People can agree with that or not agree with that. I don't care. I mean, I'm just going to have to get real. The American church has failed the mission for the last couple of decades. Uh, we've, you know, I'm not going to, uh, we've done our best, and a, a lot of churches have. 
thousands of churches have, but in general, churches and preachers have only told people what they want to hear. I'm just being a thousand percent honest. They've allowed society to tell them what they can and cannot talk about. Yesterday morning, all right, national news, church in El Monte, California got bombed because they're seen as anti-LGBTQXYZABC123, yada, yada, yada. You know, I'm not making fun, and I guess I, you know what, and I, we're the most loving people in the world, but I just want to go on the record in front of the entire world and the internet right now that I believe that marriage is one man and one woman, that God created boys and God created girls. And it's not your choice. It's not your choice. And so, I mean, that's not, I mean, I guess uh, it's considered hate speech now, but it's simply the word of God. And I just, I want to flat out go on the record saying that that's what I believe and that's what this church believes. And we love everybody that the Lord created. But I love the word of God more than anything else in this world. And that's what God says. So, yes, yesterday a church in El Monte, California got, got bombed. And uh, it's because they're seeing that they preach against homosexuality. I don't know to what extent. I'm not. But anyway, there's already been. Before this, the church was hated by local people. Apparently over 14,000 people have signed a petition to get the city council to kick the church out of the city. And so what I'm saying is this is, hey. I'm not some radical guy, I'm not some hater, I'm not some mean guy, but I do believe what the Word of God says, and in the coming days, that may get you labeled a hater, a domestic terrorist, a supremacist, uh, whatever, when you simply say, hey, I, I, it says this and I believe it. So what I'm saying is, are you determined to do the will of God? Even if it means that not everybody likes you and hugs you and, 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 and thinks you're the best thing ever. Are you? It's easy to it's, we say that in here, but let's get real. The American church has shied away and been bullied into submission on controversial topics because they don't want to take heat from the world. And we're paying the price right now. We're paying the price right now. I'm, and it's, it's the absolute truth. There should be nothing controversial it's not even debatable when I say that it's, it's not right to kill a baby. That's, that's not controversial. It's the word of God. But churches won't talk about these things anymore because we take heat and we're called things and we're paying the price right now with a society that massively turning on Christians. And uh, I don't know what else to say, but I just, that's why, hey, no matter what happens, we're sticking with the word of God. We're going to do this thing. Whether everybody likes it or people don't like it, whether it's labeled extreme or not, this isn't extreme. This is simply the word of God. We don't go out of our way to take, I mean, I'm not out there on the, you know, the sidewalks with a mega horn trying to, you know, it's not my thing. But I'm not going to shy away when push comes to shove. The word of God's true, and I can't change that to fit your life. You've got to change your life to fit the word of God. And so, you know, there's been, there's been a, in, in the last two decades, the American, uh, across America, there's been a surge of what we call mega churches, right? And that's, you know, that's fine. It's, that, I would say a big church is a good thing. But we've seen tons and tons of churches of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people, yet for some strange reason, the overall church attendance since the 1990s has just nosedived. 
Like, well, so all the, there's some churches that are getting huge, and then the average churches are dying and closing their doors, and no one's coming anymore. What's wrong with this picture? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes some sense when you realize, well, it's real easy to, if you just tell everybody that they're okay and that they don't need to change anything and that they're good enough, smart enough, and everybody likes you already. I mean, if we just feed you cotton candy all the time, then, yeah, people are going to show up in the droves. And, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not making fun of it, but, I mean, if your version of the anointing is we've got the best, we got the best fog machines in Barstow, we've got the best, we've got the best light show. I mean, it's it's trippy, man. It's awesome. You re- if we put on the best rock concert in Barstow, and that's our idea of having a good church service, no wonder when somebody pushes you about your beliefs, you fold like a cheap house of cards. Oh well, well I, 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 I know, but I, but I, I don't really believe that, or I, I don't know. It's, it's a personal thing. When somebody says, "Oh, so you believe this, and it's in the Bible," you should say, "Yes, I believe that," and I'm not ashamed of it because the Bible says it. I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm proud of it. It saved my life. It healed me of cancer. It saved my marriage. I love the Bible. There's parts that aren't, aren't quite as lovely, but I love it, man. It's changed my life, and I'm not going to get pushed around about it anymore. I'm going to stand up and say, yes, that's what I believe. I'm determined to do the will of God. And so there's been, I mean, preachers that have been determined to make a name for themselves instead of making the name of Jesus popular. Making the name of Jesus. Well, come to me if I can get enough Instagram followers, if we can. And, man, that's trash. That's got us into a bad spot nationally. We need preachers and Christians that are more interested in making the name of Jesus known than their own name known. And it's, a, it's just a mess. We need churches, I'm, I'm going to say like this church and like so many other great ones in Barstow and all over America, to start filling up and rising up. And I don't care if we ever have 10, 15,000 people. That's not my, my goal is to make disciples of Jesus. I'd rather have a church of 100 people that are disciples of Jesus than a church of 20,000 people that leave here and smoke weed and get drunk and fight and beat their wife. I'll go on the record and say that too. I think smoking weed is wrong. I think getting drunk is wrong. You know, I just, I got to get it all out there in the open. You know, I'm just, everything, you know, these con- these things that were not even controversial 10 years ago, whatever, I'm just getting it out there. I think they're wrong and they're bad and they will bring damage to your life and not bring goodness to you. If you have some things that need worked through, we've got the answer right here. Amen. I don't need some controlled substance to help me out. And if that makes me bad and a hater, then so be it. But I believe the word of God. All right. I'm just going to keep moving here because I'm feeling the heat. All right. But during the during the pandemic here, I've I've learned uh, I've seen a few things. I've seen a lot of things. Um, I've seen that one lukewarm Christians have either completely fallen off or simply continued in their lukewarm ways. But on the other hand, I've seen cold Christians and lost people get scared and decide to really follow Jesus. I mean, I mean, I've seen a lot of people. You know, and I guess that's why Jesus said, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. Lukewarm's the worst because lukewarm, you think, oh, I'm all good, man, me and Jesus, but you're not. But a cold person, someone that's either totally not with Jesus or they're just flat out, they're not a very good Christian, they're like, hey, I know it. And those people, 
got scared that I've seen this year, like, man, I better get in church. It's getting real out there. Then, of course, I've seen the third thing, that committed Christians just ramped up their commitment even more than ever and were determined more than they've ever been before to serve God and do things his way. I've seen a lot of things in the last year, but I want to show you Jesus' attitude when he faced the most difficult moment of his life. Can we flip over to Luke chapter 22? Luke 22. Now, my goal today is has not been to hurt anybody's feelings or offend anybody, but I figure while we're just handling business at this day and age that I need to just get some things out there for what I believe and what this church believes. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want, I'm, I'd rather lose people than lose the presence of God in here. And I, you know, I'm just being totally honest. I, I can, I can, and that's not my goal to ever do, <laughs> lose anybody or whatever, but I got to have the presence and the anointing of God in here. And the more that I mix the crud of this world in with the presence, it just, one of them's got to go, one or the other. And we're going to have to choose the presence of God because being totally catering to everybody's feelings obviously isn't getting the job done. We got, I mean, the whole nation's falling apart right now and the world. And trying to please everybody is not getting the job done. If you can't please everybody, then please one and we'll just make that Jesus. How's that sound? Amen. Luke 22, verses 39 through 44. So this is Jesus in the most trying moment of his time on this earth. He is getting ready to go to the cross. And it's, I mean, it's not pretty here. But Luke 22, verse 39, it says, Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. And here we have Jesus in this moment. You know, we've painted this picture. Hopefully you've read this story. But here he is the night that he was going to be betrayed when the soldiers were going to be showing up and arresting him and hauling him out of there. Here he is praying to God, if there be some other way, Father, let's do this. But he's praised the most powerful thing that we can see right here. He says, yeah, I want your will to be done, not my will. Let's do things your way and not my way. Now, there's some things I don't have to, again, I don't have to pray the will, will of God on. Lord, if it be your will, heal me of this. Well, the Bible clearly says it's his will to heal you of this. Lord, if it be your will, you know, let my children serve you. That, it's the will of God. You don't have to pray that. But there are some things that you've got to pray. God, I don't know which way to go on this, but I want your will, not my will, to be done in this. And then here we have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the most important person on the planet, shaking his body, knowing what lies ahead the very next day. He's going to be beaten and, and, and torn limb from, just, just massacred, beaten to a pulp. He's shaking and sweating, and blood begins to just come out of his pores. And he says, I'm not turning back. 
your will, your way, not my way. And here we are, somebody says, you believe that stuff? I don't know. And you back out of it just like that. We have got to get some guts and some backbone and some courage as the body of Christ in the day and age in which we live. His will, not my will. And his will is not always the easiest way, but it is always the best way. And it always pays off every single time. And so we look at Jesus here like, well, yeah, duh, he had to do it. His dad made him. His dad didn't make him do this. In fact, he told Peter, Peter said, man, let's get the swords out. We'll just take care of all this right now. I'll fight him. I'll fight him to the death. And Jesus said, Peter, put the swords away, man. Don't you realize? I don't need your sword. I don't need your gun. I don't need. Listen, if I wanted to, I could get out of it, Peter. I could ask God for 12 legions of angels right now to haul me out of here and just get out of the whole thing. Jesus could have backed out, but he didn't back out because he knew you needed him. He knew you didn't stand a chance. He knew, I didn't stand a chance. There's no way I'm going to heaven without Jesus. No way. I'm not good enough. Not a chance. And neither are you. But thank God that Jesus didn't back out. And so what I'm saying is this. If you're going to do the will of God, number one, there will be challenges. But number two, there will be rewards. There will be rewards. I want you to see Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Hebrews 12, 2. Are we, are we getting this today? Are we together on this? Are we on the same page here? Hebrews 12, 2. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. And so why did Jesus even go through with it? I mean, what's up with it? Because there's rewards to doing the will of God. No doubt about it. There's rewards. There's blessing to it. Hebrews 12, 2. So it says this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. Do you see right here that why did he stick to the cross? Why did he endure the cross? Because of the joy that awaited him, he endured the cross. Well, question, what was the joy that awaited him? What was the joy that awaited Jesus that made him so determined to die on a cross for everybody? We were the joy, and the joy is this, is that he wanted his whole family in heaven with him someday. It's as simple as that. What does the will of God come down to? Jesus wanted his whole family. Now, is everybody going to go to heaven? No. Does that mean that it wasn't God's will for that person to go? No. Peter said that, that he, it's not his will that any should perish. He wants everybody to go to heaven. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people choose to not do things his way. And by their choice, they will not go to heaven. But that doesn't mean it was the will of God for them to go to hell. It was not God's will. And so the joy that awaited him was he wanted us his brothers and sisters, according to Romans 8, to be in heaven with him. And so I'm telling you right now, the absolute biggest, most important thing to me in my life is that my children go to heaven too. No, there's nothing in this world, not anybody in this world, nobody that is more important to me 
then, then my children go to heaven with me. If I go to heaven and my kids aren't there, I mean, that's a rough thing to look at. If I go to heaven and, and, and my, my, you know, my family isn't there, I don't even want to think about that. Yet the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of us, we got family that needs, I've got family, I've got relation that they need to call in the name of the Lord. And if I give up now, if I don't do the will of God, if I, if I can't finish the will of God for my life, I don't know if they're going to get there. I have got to stick with this thing no matter how hard it gets. And so I'm willing to endure some things in this life to follow God's will if it impacts how I'm going to spend all of eternity. The next 100 billion years, I'm willing to endure a few hardships right now if it will affect how I spend eternity. The last thing I want to look at is Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Are we still together on this? Are we still in this? Amen. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 28 through 30. Mark 10, 28 through 30. Because what we're saying is this, is that following the will of God, yes, following the will of God, there will be some challenges, but there will also be some rewards. Mark chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 28 through 30. Mark 10. Verses 28 through 30, and Peter, you know, Peter is always not afraid to voice his opinion, not afraid to speak up on issues. Mark chapter 10, verse 28, it says, then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. Everything. They gave up their houses, they gave up their jobs, everything. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or property, for my sake, and for the good news, will receive now, in return, a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with persecution. Amen. Along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. And so what is it I'm saying? If we give some stuff up for Jesus right now, oh, he'll make it up to you, man. Well, I gave up $4 an hour to go do this job because he told me to. He'll make it up to you. Man, I gave up this over here, and then he'll make it up. He promised in this life and in the life to come, he'll make it up to you if you'll just let go of some things. I've got a little picture I want to put on the screen there. It may seem kind of silly, but it's a great illustration to me. We've got this little girl just clinging on to this little teddy bear that she wants so much. But God, I love it. And he's got something waiting even better for you. Just trust me. You give me that little thing, I've got something so much bigger and better for you. Just Trust me. Maybe God's speaking to your heart today and like, oh, man, I just, it, I don't know. I just want to, I don't think I, I want to hold on to this and I don't think I can. Just let go. It will be well worth it in the end. If we do the will of God now, you are not going to regret it one bit. Even if it costs you money, even if it costs you friends, you will not regret it. He's got something so much better for you. And I can say this again. About my, my parents, there's, I'm, they're a great example about it. And you'll see why I'm doing this in a minute. But they gave up our house, just to be flat out honest with you. Things got hard at our church when I was a kid. 
and, uh, and, and we gave up our house, and, and we moved in to uh, uh, the, the church property that it was owned, and we gave up a house for the gospel because we wanted, we wanted people to get saved. Well, I don't think I could, and that's, you know what, whatever. You can judge that and say we were wrong, but I'll just say now that God has paid them back in this life. You see, my dad goes fishing like every day, right? Because way out here in the desert, God gave them their dream home in this life, but in the next life, there's also a mansion awaiting. There's also streets of gold. Amen. They gave up friends. But look at all the friends we have in this building now. I lost a lot of friends as a teenager in high school, okay? And I was bitter for a minute there because a lot of people slandered us and, and said some mean things about us. And I was a bitter little, little guy there for a few years. But God has more than made it up to us because I like all you guys better than everybody else in Indiana anyway, right? <laughs> You're better. You're better looking. You're good people. Yeah. But God made it up to us. And my whole thing boils down to this today. Are you determined to do the will of God? Even if you've got to let go of some things right now. Even if it's hard. Even if everybody doesn't tell you how awesome you are anymore. Are you willing to let go of that to please him more than please people? And to get to heaven with your whole family with you. Your kids and everybody. What is it worth to you? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray over you for just a minute here, and then uh, we've got, got a little something that's going to happen next. But Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that your word spoke to our hearts today, God. And I know it's a little bit of a heavy word. It's a, it's a serious word because it's a serious time that we live in right now. But I pray that you will help us to set our face as stone, determined to do your will no matter what comes down the pike in the coming days and weeks and months ahead, Lord. But we're determined to follow you, and we know we will not be put to shame. We will not regret it. You are with us, Father. We love you more than we love this world. We love you more than we love ourselves. We love you more than we love our money. We love you more than we love America. We love you more than we love anything. You are number one, Father. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can we give the Lord a little bit of praise today? All right. Can I have to... What was that? Who? Dylan. All right, I'm going to call Dylan up. We've got something, uh, there's something planned here that I don't even know what it is, but uh, something to honor my parents, and I'm going to let Dylan share about it, and we're going to go from there. All right, praise God. Thank you. First of all, uh, church family, I love you very much. And uh, pastor, I love you extremely. Um, this Friday is going to mark 41 years of dedicated Christian service, not only as a Christian, but as a pastor for Pastor uh, Samples and, his, uh, and for Mrs. P, Pastor Janice. Um, about a month ago, I was, actually it was more than a month ago, I was sitting in church on a Wednesday night, and when this pandemic thing started uh last year i started you know we were uh the acting thing had kind of ran its course and uh i was mushrooming in the house and uh i picked up art i picked up drawing again i've been drawing ever since i was knee high to a grasshopper and uh <clears throat> anyway i was sitting in church one sunday night or wednesday night and pastor was preaching and the holy spirit said uh I'm going to commission you 
to do pastor's portrait. And so for the last six weeks, I've been working diligently on pastor's portrait for not only pastor, but for Mrs. P, especially for Mrs. P, because our patriarch and our matriarch of the HDWC clan has been very supportive. And for any of you who have gone to church, our pastor, Mrs. P, they've always been there to support. Uh, support us in anything and everything we do. I'm sorry, my throat's getting a little dry. But uh, anyway, Pastor, I want to invite you up here, and uh, we're going to unveil this picture. Now, I want to let you know right up front that uh, if you really want to enjoy the picture, you need to get up close to it for about five five feet because of the detail and everything like that. So I'm not sure what it's going to look like. But, um, you know, it says that uh, one other thing I want to say about Pastor is that, you know, when determine the amount of work that we do in the body of Christ determines the crown that we're going to receive when we get to heaven. And uh, if pastor's dedication and sacrifice have meant anything in the kingdom of heaven, his crown is going to be huge. I mean, it's going to be a whopper, right? Excuse the uh, Burger King pun there. But anyway, so Pastor, uh, no, just put it, just lock it up over the back. Okay, there we go. So Pastor, on behalf of the family, on behalf of me and my family, you don't have to take it off. Just, just hold it down. I'm just going to throw it back. This is for you. We love you. And uh, Pastor is, the, the uh, uh, thing at the bottom says, I will follow, follow me as I follow Christ. He says that all the time. That's 1 Corinthians 11, 1. And uh, so we got, we got this done, and uh, we just hope you enjoy it. All right? That, that is beautiful to us, and uh, I really, that's awesome. I appreciate that, Dylan. He did a wonderful job on that. That's that's incredible. And, uh, you know, we'll let everybody on a little bit come take a socially distanced look at it. But, uh, but praise God, man. I, well, another thing we did because, uh, the, you know, my dad has kept very well track of the day that he gave his life to Jesus, January 29th, 1980. I've heard it my whole life. Uh, but uh, we had a couple of, uh, a few other random people in the congregation uh, kind of make a little video to tell just a little bit about what uh, my dad and my mom's uh, impact has been on their life. And so we're wishing him a happy spiritual birthday. But if we could, I want to go ahead and play that video of Pastor's spiritual birthday. And then I'm going to try to coax him into saying a few words here in a minute. So anyway, but stick with us for a second, guys. I want to I see this here. So go ahead and let's play that video if we could. Happy 
born again birthday, Pastor. I want to say thank you, and it's been a privilege sitting under your ministry and serving under you. Thank you for always being there for us and showing us how to be faithful yes. and be doers of the word. Uh, we want to thank you for getting us through some of the hard times we've been through and struggles mm -hmm. with pregnancy issues, mm -hmm. financial issues. Um, we want to thank you for always praying for us and getting us through those hard times. And look where we are today yeah. with a beautiful baby boy, healthy baby boy, Seth, mm -hmm. prospering financially, yeah. a good job. And we're both healed, whole, and healthy. And we want to not only give God the glory, but thank you for helping us. Yes. Um, I just want to thank you, Pastor, for always just encouraging us um, by speech and um, just how you live your life. Um, and just you always say, follow me as I follow Christ. And really, though, without your example, um, we just wouldn't be where we are. So we just want to tell you that we love, we love you, you and thank you thank for you everything much. that you do. Hi, Pastor. I just want to tell you how grateful and thankful I am for you being not only in my life, but also in my family's life. 13 years ago, we came to High Desert Word Center, and my family and I were a mess. My marriage was a mess. But because you love Jesus, and because you love the Word, and because you love God's people, you love your congregation, you took the time out to help us overcome it. You taught us the scriptures that we needed to know in order to overcome it. And one of the major things that you taught us was about healing. And I am so grateful and thankful that I have my two little boys that were healed because you taught us those healing scriptures. You taught us how to have faith uh, in those healing scriptures. You taught us to lay hands on our children and to confess the word over them. So one of the things I also want to say is, is that you've always taught us to follow you as you follow Christ. And so I just thank you so much for loving us, loving Jesus, and for never giving up. Love you, Pastor. Good morning, Pastor, and happy rebirth day. I just wanted to let you know that I love you so much, and um, I'm sorry if you can hear Madison in the background, but I love you so much. I'm so thankful for you. Um, I'm so thankful to God that he brought me to High Desert Word Center when he did five years ago and um, made you my pastor. There's a million things I could thank you for, one of them being thank you for watching me ugly cry and just being so gentle with me. <laughs> but the thing I want to thank you for the most is that um, just thank you for teaching me the Word of God unwatered down because that has literally changed my life forever. I truly have a relationship with God because of it. I've learned to open my Bible and learned um, the importance of why we open our Bible and read and spend time with Jesus. Um, before coming to your church and being under your teaching, I had no clue what it was to actually have a relationship with Jesus and what it meant to actually lay down the worldly things that I had in my life um, and surrender to Jesus. So I just want to thank you for um, just teaching me the Word of God. And really, I have you to thank for uh, my salvation so thank you, Pastor. I love you, and I hope you have a great day. Pastor, happy spiritual birthday. You know, when I think about 
you and the impact that you've had on our lives. I'm so grateful and thankful for your continued dedication and your faithfulness to your calling, to God, to your churches. And I'm so thankful that you obeyed the Lord to come out to California and impact a region that some would call unpleasant, but we have changed it for the better. And our church now stands as a pillar in our community, all because of your faithfulness. And I'm so thankful for that and the example that you have led for not just High Desert Word Center, but for me and my family. And I look to you and how to raise a good godly family and to raise good Christian children and to know how to minister to others and your teaching and healing and so many things. And Lord, and I'm just so thankful to you, Pastor, for all that you've done and all your prayers for us and for our family. Thank you. Pastor, happy spiritual birthday. I just want to take a second to let you know how much I appreciate you and how much you mean to me. The word that you've taught me has changed my life and has been invaluable. Uh, you are a strong man of God, full of integrity and faithfulness, and that's what we need in these last days. I am just so grateful that you were faithful to the Lord and moved out here, and because of that, so many lives and families have been changed. Thank you so much, and here's to many more years in the future. We love you, Pastor. Hello, Pastor. I was reading this yesterday morning in 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13, the NLT. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect, wholehearted love because of their work. Susan and I would like to thank you for all your hard work and spiritual guidance towards us and our families. You have been there for us through the hardest times of our lives. You are a true man of God. Thank you very much for being a great example. We love you, Robert and Susan. Amen. Well, we love, obviously, I love my dad a lot, and I'm uh, very grateful for him, but I know that everybody here is, too, and I, I love this portrait, and uh, that's, that's an incredible honor. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I just think about this. The Lord was really speaking to my heart as I was hearing things. Number, number one, we don't want an offering. This is not about an offering service. You are my offering. That's what Paul said about the people he ministered to. He said, he said, he, he said my offering is the people. They get sanctified by the Holy Spirit, the Word of God that I teach. So you're the best offering, that I, you're the best gift I can give Jesus, people, that I was able to influence with him to help change their lives forever. But anyway, I... I, uh, I had nothing planned to say, but I was going to talk about what I woke up this morning praying and looking at in life. As ministers, we go through different phases of ministry, just like Christians grow from faith to faith. Well, I think it's pretty obvious that the Lord has transferred the leadership of this church to Pastor David Katie. We began working on that years ago. The Lord told me years ago, I need to train up the younger generation because as, as a man of God, these 41 years, I've watched churches. With old, with, with old fogey pastors get old and and you go to the church, see the church and show you the youth ministers 65 years old, but they have no youth. And then the Sunday school, Sunday school teachers are 70 years old and they have two kids, that's because that's they're the pastor's kids or something. And so I knew that if I didn't transfer this to the younger generation years ago, this church would be a dried up dead church someday 
because this is pastor, I'd be the youngest people in the church. And so we, I think we've been pretty successful transitioning to David and Katie. Wouldn't you agree? And Josh and Julie, the rest of you, you noticed that a lot of the people on there telling me happy spiritual birthday were young people. Amen. We need the old people. We're the pillars. But we need the young people to keep it going. And so said that to say this, uh, you know, because politically correct and all kinds of things in society, you know, we have to watch what we say. But I can just tell you, in our nation, God's had a call on me all my Christian life. I've always seen it in the background, but it's getting closer to the front. The faith me and Mrs. Pastor are in right now, as God opens the doors, breaking the past, is this. Back in the year 2000, our nation had a very, very, very serious election. And during that election, the Supreme Court had to end up deciding that election after a couple months. And then one day, just as clear as the bell, as a matter of fact, there's a book that uh, we've written, and Mrs. Pastor, that coming in for the final proofreading this Tuesday, it's supposed to be delivered to prove it, that we're going to print up a bunch of these books. But anyway, the Lord spoke to me. He said, the reason the nation's divided is because the church is divided. I had no clue what he was talking about. But I'm going to say something that, as Pastor Dave said, sometimes we get persecution because we speak the truth in love. In America, there should not be black churches and white churches. It should be Jesus' church. The Lord showed me back in the year 2000 the division in America was mainly a church division between black Christians and white Christians. Then he spoke to me for several months that part of my calling was in Ephesians chapter 4, and I was reading that again this morning. Jesus said, till we all come in the unity of the faith. And so in America, it's time to quit the bid. We're a black church, we're a white church, et cetera, et cetera. We're Jesus' church. And so all I ask you for my spiritual birthday is this. Have your faith open for Mrs. Pastor and I to be able to travel, go to African-American churches, and go to denominational churches. The same word of God that we've taught to our own congregation for all these years that's transformed lives could transform our country. Amen. We quit looking at color. We quit looking at politics. As Pastor Dave saw in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, I've seen my country go backwards as far as I want it to go. I want to reverse it. The Lord gave me a word years ago when he told me that other, the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. So if we can get the true love of God amongst the races, and you know, I'm not talking about the world. The world doesn't serve God yet. I'm talking about Christians. If we can get the races no matter what race they are, no matter what color we are, say, guys, we got one Savior. We've got one goal. When we get to heaven, God's not going to say, you were such a good white guy, you were such a good Mexican, you were such a good Korean, you were such a good black person. God's going to say, you're my child, you're covered by the blood of Jesus. So when we get our eyes as Christians in America on our great commission of preaching the gospel to every creature, loving every person, loving the Word of God, that you'll see America begin to transform, head back the other direction. We got problems, and they're not race problems, they're not political problems, they're demonic problems. 
And so we got to get back to the preaching of the gospel, the love of our brother, et cetera, et cetera. I know a lot of people say that, but I know in my ministry for years, I've stayed away from politics and race issues, but I've stayed with the Bible. I've stayed with Jesus, and I've seen lives change time and time and time again. And I know the Holy Spirit, after all these years I've followed him, the Holy Spirit has a phase of life for me and Mrs. Pastor, probably our last phase, a phase of life starts taking us to other places now and specific places. You know, when I, but over the years, as the Lord's talked to me, in the New Testament, Peter was called to the Jews. Paul was called to the Gentiles. And different preachers had different callings. Well, we're called to go to other churches now and take what God's given us. But that doesn't mean we're not a part of this church. We're always a part of this church. I'm the one God sent out to California to bring this church up from where it was, and we've done that, I think, successfully. And so now as Pastor Dave and Katie, we all do what we're doing. We're over this whole thing, advising, counseling, listening to the Holy Ghost. But how many could agree that we'll be God's good enough to take other places? Amen. Amen. And so as Pastor Dave said, back in Indiana, years ago, we were building a church we were under attack. We put our... Our home, which was almost paid off on the line to finance some buildings for the church, and things lost out. So I signed the title deed to my property and made a whole lot of money off of it right to the bank to pay off the church property, and then we had to leave. And so we're not new at this. We follow Jesus. Money doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what people think. One day, as Pastor Dave said, what are they going to say at your funeral? Well, that's kind of important, maybe, but what's Jesus going to say when you stand before him? To me, that's more important. When I stand in front of Jesus, I want Jesus to say to me, not only, well done, thou good and faithful servant, but I know because of where I am in life now, I want Jesus to say, you helped bring unity to the faith and the races and the people of your country, and because of that, I was able to spare America because America, because of people like you, that preached the gospel to everybody and loved everybody, then America turned around from that death spiral and came out of it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm just asking you, just agree with us in faith for God to give us the open doors at the right time to take what we've taught you to other places. And uh, as that faith confession you said of America today, God's not finished with America, but God needs Christians in America to follow God's plan. Amen? Thank, thank you for your love. Thank you for your honor. We're so glad to be a part of this together. And one day, we are all going to stand in front of Jesus to answer for what we did down here. And I just know for me, since January 29th, 1980, I've said, Jesus, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? That's what I'm going to do, Jesus. And so far, it's worked out really well through lots of persecution problems over the years. Glory to God, I'm alive. I'm healthy. I have a good wife, have a good family, have a great church, but the main thing is I've got a great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we're going to follow him. Amen. Amen. Can we stand up together today? <laughs> Praise God. Well, thank you, Dylan, for that, and thank you, everybody, that played a part in that. That is super cool, and, uh, you know, we, we have had church today, friends. We have had the full circle from beginning to end. It has been a wonderful day. And uh, praise God, you're going to take the light of the world out there with you this week? You're going to go out there and love people in the name of Jesus? Amen.
Well, we want to remind you that service Wednesday at 7, and if you want to be baptized, the sheet is back there at the table. That'll be February 7th, okay? Baptizing people for the first time in a full year. It'll be 12 months since our last baptism, so we are ready for this. So sign up for that if you are wanting to get baptized. Amen. Well, let's pray over you, then we are going to... Speak some words of faith over Barstow and get you out of here. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for this awesome day, Lord. You have spoke to us in so many ways. You have, uh, you, you, you've just lifted us up, God. You've corrected us. You've encouraged us. Your word has had free course. And I pray that as we leave here today, in Jesus' name, God, that we're taking this word with us. Use us this week to spread hope help and healing to those around us, God. And I thank you that you keep us safe, Lord. No sickness, disease can come near our homes. No depression, no no, no evil people can harm us, Father. We thank you that we've got the love, joy, and peace of God all over us every step of the way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead and say some words of faith. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And, and Dylan, I just want to publicly thank you for all the work you did on that and for you listening to the Holy Ghost in your heart and obeying that. that, that, that that's a great picture. That, that, that's all I can say. But anyway, if you want to come up and look at this, come up and look at it and shake Dylan's hand if you want to. But Dylan did an awesome job here, and I, I'm grateful for all the congregation. I bet he took a good picture. Okay. All right. Praise God. All right. Thank you, guys. We love you. Have a great afternoon.